Poppin' everybody, hello and welcome to Popcorn Culture. My name is Ben Carlin and I am your host. Here with me today is my brother Jay, who will be in every episode. The most special, special of guests. It feels so special to be here today. Ben, do you have a corn-filled joke for us? I sure do. It's, it's, it's a joke just full of corn. Jay, what do you call fake spaghetti? I don't know. What do you call fake spaghetti? An impasta. Oh, it could have gotten ah, that. I was that like, I was like, so, it's there. It feels attainable. It is doable. That was doable. An impasta. The thing is, though, is that like, I don't know if you do it for my benefit, but when you don't answer the question, it's all the better because then I get to like tell you. Right. And if you guess it, then it makes me feel like I chose a poor corny joke. Mm. See, to me, I think like that one to me feels like fake pasta, like Imposter, like an imposter. I guess they're not like a fake person. They're just like posing. Posing. You know? That's a good they're, point. That's you know, point. maybe, I think maybe the, the question was framed, the joke was set up differently than the answer suggests it should be. So you you think the answer is not good? It's not in keeping? I think, I think impasta is a hilarious pun for imposter pasta. Imposter pasta. <laughs> but I don't think fake pasta is an imposta. Wow. If you see... I think I followed that. Okay. We're on the same page. We're on the same page We're here. on the same page. I mean, yeah. is, is spaghetti pasta? Like, is it just long pasta? Yeah, oh yeah. Long pasta. Long pasta. Yeah. So I feel like it's weird that different pastas have different names when they're all fundamentally the same thing. All the exact same thing. It's like they have names based on their shapes. Yes. Correct. I guess their shapes sometimes serve different functions. Like you couldn't really make lasagna out of spaghetti. Spaghooter. Right. I think you almost could. I mean, it would be weird, but like technically you could just have like like little lines of you know, spaghetti layers. Right, you could have like a thatch roof spaghetti. A thatch roof spaghetti. If you spent enough time, yeah. you could have a layer of spaghetti and technically the consistency of it would be the same, I think. Do you have a, if it's all the same though, do you have a favorite shape of pasta or even better, a least favorite shape of pasta? Uh, oh, penne is my least favorite by far. Ben, Ben, it's interesting you should say that because you want to know what my least favorite kind of pasta is? What is your least favorite kind of pasta? It would be penne. Penne, the worst kind <laughs> of the pasta. the worst kind of pasta. What is the deal with penne? It is oh. like, it's hard to fork for one thing. It like, it maintains its structural rigidity to where I can't get enough nudes on a single fork prong because- You can't it, fork enough nudes? I can't <laughs> you just can't. Oh, I see what you did. Man. Wow. I walked clean into it. You sure did. This is a clean show. <laughs> no, Everyone it's... knows we're talking about getting noodles on your fork. What's the... What's the, what's the problem? What's the problem? No problem here. Yeah, no, I just... I'm not a fan of it. I, it, it, it is like... It seems like the interior of the penne's very frequently don't get like properly sauced in the same way like a bow tie does where like front, back, both sides, fully sauced. Mm. Penne has an interior, doesn't always get sauced. Wow. Yeah, really weird. Also, when I was a kid, for whatever reason, and I say all, all pasta is the same, but uh, whenever mom would make like shells, do you remember shells? They were sort of like packed with like i do remember of, shells you know when mom, mom would make them mom would make shells yeah so like the 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 shell once it had been cooked itself mom would have them like on like a piece of wax paper and i would always come and like eat one of the shells prior to her like it prior would have been boiled so it would be like pasta e so you not, just eat a floppy shell a floppy shell yeah no, I would with like no ricotta no, none whatsoever. Right. Yeah, a plain yeah. shell. And it was my fave, man. It seems so much more offensive to eat a plain shell than to eat just like plain spaghetti with butter or something, even though effectively the same thing. Uh, that's the whole point we're trying to make here. Right. Okay, but butter noodles is like one of those weird things that I, I feel like children go through on their stair-step progress to having like red sauce on their spaghetti. On their spaghetti. Yeah. So like, right. I feel like everybody starts by not having red sauce. Like red sauce is like, like not until you're like eight, nine, yeah. you go for the red sauce. Prior mm. to that, you have like, you have butter noodles. I'm glad you said that. With because Parmesan it, cheese. It makes me feel like on the day we go to the, the, 
to the pool. And if that pool has a high dive, Luke is just going to be like, screw this mini dive. I'm going straight to the big boy stuff. <laughs> I'm because Luke was like, butter noodles? Give me lasagna. Give and me. he, like, lasagna, he loves lasagna. Does he? Skipped right over bear noodles, straight to the deep dish, meaty, cheesy goodness that is lasagna. Okay, but see, that now I think this is interesting, and I think Luke is going to be great for it, but you guys basically skipped, like, the baby food in small jars, like, stage of oh, yeah, dietary like the puree stuff. Right, like, which I feel like when we were growing up, like, we were fed, like, baby food, like, with, I like, a so. kind of rubberized spoon. It's a much more certainly like millennial thing to not do baby purees at all to not at all not at all i think you'll find many people today skip that entire phase so, i'd be curious to know from the listeners if that's the case with your own children okay so okay so something that i thought was rather remarkable maybe due to my current uh lack of having had children mm-hmm. uh is is that you guys didn't do that but that's not maybe so specific to you guys that's more like widespread phenomenon i I think so. What it's called is baby led weaning and the, I know. So basically the way it works is whatever you are eating for dinner, you just chop up into a manageable bites for your child to eat and they just eat whatever you're eating. And okay. what this does is it promotes, or this, the, the theory, I don't, you know, we'll see, is that it promotes less picky eating in children okay because they're exposed right away to a lot less or to a lot more textures and a lot more flavors like there's a tremendous amount of with kids like feeding them very specific child-based foods okay like oh kids like hot dogs macaroni and peanut butter and jelly dinosaur shaped dinosaur shaped chicken nuggets like 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 it's assuming that kids won't eat like more adult type quote-unquote real food quote-unquote real food so you have to like teach them to eat this but realist but at least in our own experimentation with this yeah luke luke will try almost anything we put in front of him and not he doesn't like everything right but he also um does like some things right which is really great yeah this is it's like an interesting thing though because like i feel like we were we were brought up very infrequently eating fish mom had a tilapia recipe that the family like loved Mm. like pecan crusted yeah pecans I think it's pecans. It's pecans. Pecan crusted tilapia, totally delish. I'll <sighs> see if I could. I'll see if I can scrounge up the the recipe for you guys. Yeah. Um. Very good. But that was basically, I feel like, the only fish that we had regularly growing up. Yeah. Um. Was that in tilapia is like an incredibly mild fish. Yeah. Uh. And by the the state of things. And so growing up, I feel like I was one of those kids that was like, nah, I don't like fish. Like you know, like I would go over to friends' houses. Yeah. I think we talked about this in the last week's episode. Uh. And I remember this one particular instance where they like they told me well in advance that we were going to be having salmon for dinner mm-hmm. and i was like oh no oh no like like literally Not i think salmon salmon i know my mind started trying to like configure like this game plan as to how at my friend's house in the middle of the night i was going to be able to track down food from their pantry that i could eat mm. that would be acceptable because i knew that i was not going to be able to eat the salmon did you did you do you remember if you ate it i think that like so this was like my strategy as a child that seems so uh poorly disguised now as an adult looking at it i would very frequently when i didn't like the food and i think this is not uncommon but like kind of cut it up and like spread it around in a bunch of different directions so like yeah. it looked like very common yeah technique yeah so it just kind of seemed like you know hey i ate some of this you know yeah i just i got full so i'm not eating the rest of it right. but like what i ate was delicious thank you so much right um so presumably I, there were other sides you could also fill yourself up on there, there were other sides which i do think i i heartily uh tried to you know exactly that eat as much as possible mm-hmm. but yeah no i think i think i took like a few nibbles of it for for some reason especially with fish i had this like fear that there were going to be bones inside the meat dude i don't know if this was a more common thing once upon a time to like cook I, like it seems like modern day if you go to the grocery store you can just buy like fillets of fish that you can immediately like put in your frying pan or in your oven or whatever and have no fear of there being bones in it or anything like that right and it's like it's very straightforward it may as well just be like a piece of chicken yes you know there you go you cooked it you ate it it was just another piece of meat right whereas for sure when we were growing up it seemed like one eating fish 
largely had this like air of fit from the water. It's weirdness about it combined with occasionally there would be like skin on it still. Skin is the other and thing. Whether yeah. Or not that, yeah. It was like, you'd be really careful. There might be bones in it. And it was like, ugh, it made it like this really intimidating food yep. to eat. And it was like, am I allowed to eat the skin? Do it, Do I want to? And like every single chew in my mouth needs to be so slow and so meticulous because there might be a bone and I might choke and die. And it's like the the threat of the bone was also like death. Yeah, what, well, yeah. yeah. It, it was like, yeah, like way too over the top. And that like the, the small number of occasions where I've encountered one to this day. Yeah. It's like you pull out this tiny little like pin needle size thing. And, yeah. And that, set it on your plate and keep going. Right. That has like, it's not like some sturdy bone either. It has like the, the, the structure of a blade of grass, you know? <laughs> It's like the most flimsy thing ever. Right, right, right. right. Certainly you don't want it caught in your throat, but like death was not on the table. No, 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 no. Unless you're the fish. (laughs) Yeah, true, true. Um, No, yeah, so all all of these things were, it was, I don't know, there there was so much fear encapsulated around the idea of, of eating fish. And then what took it like one step further is that we were both in Boy Scouts as kids. And I remember this like one particular trip that we went on uh, to Botany Bay, which I think is off the coast of South Carolina. South Carolina. One of the merit badges that like I needed to get like while I was there involved catching and filleting a fish. Right. Which was like, I was beyond intimidated by this fish like sure. and it was this thing like we had to like take it over and you know like i don't know just like use the knife like do the whole thing and it was like oh man like I could, that's like one of those like totally crystallized moments in my life of just i was doing something so much because like the circumstances like were like this is like you you need to you know it's the same thing it was like eating dinner at a friend's house where you're like i don't know i can't complain here because this is not my house like it's not it wouldn't right. be okay to tell these people that i don't want to eat this eat food fish. and uh so same thing it was kind of like yeah like, you, you gotta you gotta fillet the fish right you gotta get your merit badge yeah and so i did it and i got it and i feel like for years and years i was like actively relieved that i didn't have to do it again wow yeah well see this is the exact sort of thing that baby led weaning would strive to avoid yeah exactly this, this like fear of certain kinds of food i remember when we were kids there was like a large push for many adults to act like broccoli in particular was gross. Yeah. Do you remember that? I do remember that, but we had broccoli all the time. Yeah. It seems like one, first of all, broccoli's not gross. Right. And all you're doing is like encouraging kids to think it is. And then you're also simultaneously like wanting them to eat it because it's good for them. And you're like, well, why would they want to eat it if you keep telling them it's gross? Like the reason they think it's not good is because you're telling them it's not good. Right. Well, it's, I, I feel like the same thing happens like whenever like Luke falls or something I always do this thing where like I freak out and like I, I it's like I almost have to, like hide it because I feel like what I have learned from you having a son is that more often than not when they fall over they might cry because you have like authorized it like in this sense by oh. like you gave them the reaction of like oh no that was a really bad thing are you okay mm-hmm. versus like they fall over if you can like wait a few seconds it seems like a lot of times they just stand up and keep playing yeah there are certain for their uh, be care yeah there are certain times where for sure you can tell oh i need to step in oh yeah but yeah, yeah there's also plenty of times where they might like lightly like bonk their head or something on in like a very small way that if you like really overreact you might like they might realize i get attention for this oh right 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 which is more often than not what small children are after understandable yes yeah. <laughs> so anyway like the, the cool thing about the baby led weaning is that it, it's, it takes some weird adjusting to because, you know, it would even apply to like spicy food or right. something. You know, it's like you might think I would never give my kid spicy food. You won't like spicy food. But like that's the kind of thinking you're trying to like eradicate. Like you, like you won't like this. Because it's spicy. Because it's spicy. And it's like just let them decide. Right. Let them decide. Like don't, you know, don't maybe kick them off with some blazing sauce or anything. Oh my gosh. You know. Don't, don't give them prank hot sauce or something. But if something is like a little bit spicy, let them try it. And I think one of the things, there are like different strategies you can employ around like how you do this. Like don't, like even if you're like warning them like now it might be hot, like you don't want to do that. Okay. Because like, that's like scaring them. 
Okay. Like, so if they are like noticing like oh, something's happening in my mouth, you'd be like, like I've heard one strategy people say is like, man, it sure has a lot of flavor, doesn't it? Like, don't say like spice, it's like, it's like really spicy, huh? Or like, that's really hot. Like those are negative connotations to the experience where it's like, well, it has a lot of flavor. Do you want some more? Because they might be enjoying it like the same way you might enjoy spicy food. Right, right, right. So it seems like, so how, how frequently is this like top of mind for you where you were like always constantly having to like do a psychology conversation in the back of your mind? Like these are the things I need to be saying in order to like ensure that like the proper message is being passed along or do you just get good at it? I think you just get good at it. Okay. After all, and I will say it's also, it's not like we never feed Luke, you know, we're not, we're, uh, you know, um, childhood staples or anything. I mean, he likes chicken nuggets and ketchup and peanut butter and jelly and stuff like that. Sure. But you know, if we put salmon in front of him, he'll eat it. If we put lasagna in front of him, he'll eat it. If he has like a taco, he'll eat it. Okay, okay. You know, he's like last night, he was chowing down on some broccoli, no problem. There and you go. The other thing is, I think, showing really positive reinforcement when they try anything, right. <laughs> anything new. She's like, oh, good job, you know, so. That that has all been a very interesting experience. Like, how do you uh, intro? What? How do you cultivate your child's relationship with food? Right, right, right. Yeah. Okay. So that's that is an interesting thing because I th- actually think going back to the broccoli bit for a second, I'm pretty sure our um, what is it? What is it? What is it? A pediatrician? Is that yeah. a doctor for children? Correct. Okay. So I'm pretty sure like the the little bit of knowledge he would always ask, like you go in for your like little checkups and stuff. Be like, are you eating your vegetables? All the greens, mom and dad put in front of you, and the thing that he would always say is that if his kids didn't finish his vegetables that he like put them out for their (laughs) breakfast the next morning right which to me was like penultimate to like being suspended from school or something like right maximum punishment involved yeah you're you're absolutely right where it was like to me that was like this very daunting idea that like do you mean i'm not going to be able to have lucky charms for breakfast tomorrow morning right but see i would i I would imagine, or even I personally would argue, this is not a good approach to introducing your child to healthy food because it's making healthy food a punishment. Exactly, yeah, yeah. And that's the association you're starting to, like, build. Which, on the same rate, and this one, this is so hard to avoid, is, like, making, like desserty food a reward oh <laughs> sure sure it, let me tell you it's highly motivating for <laughs> young kids to be like like why don't you go pick this up and then you can have a popsicle and it's like what <laughs> i will go pick I it up we'll go do now but the way around that is to you know try and associate even like the re- like a reward food which i don't even like saying with like a healthy thing like oh you can have apples or something oh but, sure 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 yeah i get you uh no that's interesting well and it's also interesting too because i think alice growing up one of two things must have happened either there must have been like an abundance of sweets around to the point where like it's like not something that's to be valued Mm. because it was so abundant right so it's sort of like that like strange like surplus thing yeah i think we've talked about that with our friend john jennings before we're like i don't know if we have but i was gonna bring him up okay so yeah like whenever you would go over to john jennings house there was this like bizarre phenomenon where it was like year-round halloween all the time all the time and i i swear to you i think that this was a strategy by their parents where it was legitimately like if we put candy everywhere then they just won't want it and sure enough they never did yeah and like you would walk in and it was like premium candy always in like bowls just like in the living room and like multiple yeah like it was like oh are you downstairs in the basement there's an end table there's a bowl of candy on it did you walk upstairs there's three more bowls of candy. And yes, you're right. It wasn't like, you know, peppermints or Werther's or something. It'd be like Twix and Three Musketeers and really like good candy. Yeah, top tier stuff. Top, top tier, tier stuff. stuff. Or, or the crack pretzels. Oh, the crack oh pretzels. Pretzels filled with Do peanut butter. Do you guys butter. know about, let me ask you listeners. Do you know about peanut butter filled pretzels aka crack pretzels they are amazing they are amazing and amazingly impossible to put down yeah yeah no this is like this is one of those things that i feel like every vacation we go on we like bring a container of it Mm -hmm. actually this is like a thing with both these and peanut filled m&ms but you can go on any given vacation set out a bowl of these things yeah and they will be eaten every single vacation. Like I, I, I bring like the biggest bag that Walmart sells of peanut M&Ms. And it's almost like the idea in my mind is like, if I ever get to the end of a vacation where somehow these all didn't get eaten, mm-hmm. then like maybe I'll stop bringing them every time. Has never happened. Never, this is this is the game you're playing with the universe. With the universe. Yeah, it's like, trust me. Like it doesn't matter how long the weekend trip is, like week long trip, like whatever it is, we will finish them. Yeah. 
They are delicious. They are delicious. Um, Peanut M&Ms in particular, are, it's so impossible to not walk past it because you can like, you know, just grab one or two. One or two. And it's yeah. just like, yeah, one, two M&Ms, no big deal. Plus they pair well with everything. They do. Yeah. They do. It's incredible. God, Peanut M&Ms, the best. But anyway, crack pretzels, same thing. They're, yeah, they're pretzels that are like puffed. So they look like little pillows and inside is peanut butter. <sighs> oh, so tasty. I love crack pretzels. Yeah. But so... Anyway, growing up though, Alice, my wife, uh, I swear something happened to where she does not like value sweet stuff at all, mm-hmm. which is one, always a bummer because we go on vacation, or not vacation, we go uh, out to dinner and it'll like get, well, if we go out to like a nice meal or something, it'll get to the end and they're like, would you like to see a dessert menu? And I'm like, I'm old enough to have money and I can finally say yes. And the problem is, is the pure shame that comes from her never wanting dessert and me being like the only one that would order something. Right. And she's not like one of these people either where like if I order something, she's like, well, let me get like a spoonful, you know, and like eats like like, you know, half of it or something like oh, that. Oh, that's my wife. <laughs> oh, yeah. See, no. Yeah, she doesn't do that. Like, most of the time, it's just like you just have to sit there and eat this gigantic piece of chocolate cake and shame by yourself. <laughs> Alice, if you're listening. Um, but no, yeah. So, like, instead, she likes anything, like, super, like, vinegary. Mm. That's, like, her, like, flavor profile. So, she likes a lot of, like, spicy stuff, which is great because I do, too. But um, th- quite literally, a snack that she will have is a bowl full of raw potatoes just with apple cider vinegar poured on top of it like a bowl of cereal. Yeah. And I kid you not, like, this is not an exaggeration. It's legitimately something she does. And I'm just like, how, ow, that can't be good for you. <laughs> raw potatoes and vinegar. Dude, apple cider vinegar. I think uh, maybe it's still pretty trendy, but uh, maybe four or five years ago, it was really, its stock was rising. Oh, it It was, was, yeah. It was like celebrated as this like super thing you could do a shot of in the morning and it would like, I don't know what miracles it would work on your body or supposedly or whatever. I think it was supposed to be good for gut health, maybe. I I have no idea. But I can tell you that uh, my wife, Beth, was on the hunt for apple cider vinegar for, I want to say, like a month that she could not find it. No which was way. like really weird. That is weird. Maybe it was because at the time it wasn't so trendy and it, like because it was on the rise, the low supply was frequently out everywhere. Oh, sure, sure. But finally, she was like so, I remember she was so excited. We found it. She came over and she's like, okay, I'm just going to like, apparently you just like do, you just like throw it back. And I think she was so excited because it's. I think it sounded like a really easy, probably somewhat tasty way to be super healthy. Uh-huh. And I think she almost puked. Like she hated it. Oh, that's the thing. Thing. Yeah. yeah, it is like it is absolutely no joke. Yeah, like the burn that comes with it mm-hmm. is hardcore. And so this is the thing. So like this is uh the like the very first time I went and met all of Alice's friends. Yeah, uh, it was like it was her birthday party, and we'd only been dating for like a couple of weeks or something. So I was like I was meeting like forty people at once. Woo! And so uh, like a lot of times at like a party, the thing that I would try to do to like sort of like kick things off would be like a tequila shot. Okay. And it was sort of like, hey, like, you know, it's kind of like a fun. Shots all around. It's like a fun way to like sort of get everybody engaged. And it's like the the joke I always make is there's like this incorrect belief that tequila is an upper. Oh, yes. And so it's like a joke that like I always tell people. So it's like, ah, it'll like get you like, you know, in like your festive mood. It's like tequila is an upper. It's great. Most alcohol is a downer, but tequila is an upper. This is not true. Not true. Also (laughs) a downer. <laughs> also a downer. Also, please drink All, responsibly. Not, not downer. Depressant. Depressant. Rather versus stimulant. Yes, exactly. Yes. There you go. But so anyway, the whole thing, though, was that like a bunch of her friends, I think, thought it was like pretty cool. And so they were like, yeah, I'll do it with you. But she is like, no way. Not doing shots, whatever. So shortly after that, like we have this same exact conversation about apple cider vinegar where she's yeah. like, she was like, all right, I'll do a shot of tequila with you at the next party if you do a shot of apple cider vinegar. And so I'm like, deal. Like, uh, yeah. let's do it. That'll be perfect. It'll be so much fun. And so. <laughs> So like she hands it to me and you know, it's the type of thing where I'm like, not, I'm not remotely worried about it. Like it's not like, uh, something that I'm expecting to be like a problematic, mm. whatever, like maybe a little burn just in the same way that like any other, you know, shot might be, but I kicked it back and it was like physically painful to me. Right. Like uh, to the point where I'm pretty sure I almost like hacked it out my nose, which meant that like my whole like esophagus, chest area, nose, face, everything was like burnt to a crisp. Like wow. horrible. I mean, I was like, like, and, and then literally I was coughing for like the next four days. Wow. So it was, it was not like you just got to be like tough. You know, it was like, that is not okay. <laughs> so did she do a shot of tequila with you? No. <laughs> Don't, like, bring Don't bring it up. Don't bring it up. 
<laughs> wow, Ben. <laughs> if that's how bad it is to take a shot, why would I take a shot of tequila? Right. Yeah. yeah. No, it did, none of it worked out at all for me. And she just took it like no problem. She did just take it no problem because I think she's very well acclimated to it to the mm. point where she doesn't like react so viscerally to the, is that a word? Viscerally? Yeah. Uh, to the burn in the way that I did. So my body was like, mm-mm. So, no, sir. So maybe if you're starting out with your apple cider vinegar shots, you need to like dilute it with some water. Yes. I think dilute it with some water or do like a super, super small amount. Okay. Like, you like, had like a full ounce and a half. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, like an actual proper shot. Oh man. Just don't even think about it. Just <laughs> throw it back. <laughs> That's, it's not even just a don't think about it. It's like, hey, <clears throat> if you're not prepared for it, this is going to suck for several days. Popcorn culture is supported by Arena Club. Okay. So you guys know that I love trading card games and that me and Ben are big time collectors of Pokemon cards. You know, it's that childhood fantasy of finally being able to use adult money to buy those highly coveted rares of our youth. And like, even in our office, we have not one, but two full display cases with some of our all time favorite rarest cards that we've pulled. But something I did not know existed when I was a kid in my youth was the grading process for trading cards or sports cards or whatever you're collecting, you know? To me, it was just like a rare Charizard is a rare Charizard. Like, it doesn't, doesn't matter if it's been hanging out in my pocket with my lucky paper clip. Turns out it does matter, and kind of a lot, because if you get your cards professionally graded, it can add huge value. And then not only that, but once they're graded, they will, like, seal them in that pristine condition inside of a plastic case or what's known in the industry as a slab. And that's where Arena Club steps in, because it's like buying a booster pack, but it's for a pre-graded card. Now, I know that can take like maybe a second to wrap your head around because you're opening physical cards on a digital platform, which means you open the pack online and see your polls where they can be added to your showroom for the world to see. But you can also request them to be sent to you at any time. So they have got a ton of pre-graded cards and then you will get to randomly open one and then they'll keep it for you or they can send it to you or you can just like sell it or trade it online or whatever you want to do. But whether you're buying, selling, trading or displaying, Arena Club is the card collecting platform you have got to check out. And right now you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash pop pop, which wow, that is a crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's like $40 right there. Anyway, that's arenaclub.com slash pop pop for 10% off your first purchase. Popcorn Culture is sponsored by Shopify. Y'all are likely aware of the fact that we have our very own Shopify store, Carlin Brothers Mercantile. And it's hard to imagine not having it now, but arriving at the decision to open our own web store was a big one. In fact, we started our journey on the interweb back in 2012 and didn't finally open up shop until 2018. And a huge part of that is just not knowing where to start, but that's where Shopify steps in. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business, which is a fancy way of saying it's a really easy and effective way to start an online business, no matter if you're operating out of your garage or have like a whole building or three or something. Once we were set up, our biggest concern was trying a new product only to discover no one was interested in it. But Shopify is powered with so many reports, more than you can even imagine. And this is so handy because it allows us to use data to better provide what folks are actually interested in. It's so easy to use, but even if you do find yourself caught in a jam, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. Sign up for a $1 per month trial at shopify.com slash pop pop. That's all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash pop pop now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash pop pop. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. 
So if, if you're ever on Survivor and Jeff like unveils the, the shot of apple cider vinegar, you're going to be like, oh no. Is that a thing? No, I've never seen that. Oh, okay. Okay. But now that now that we've put it out into the internet, who's to say? Jeff Probst probably does listen to popcorn culture now Look, that you mentioned it. Let me say, let me say, if you were cast on Survivor, I, it would not seem implausible to me that the producers would mine your online presence for potential weaknesses oh no they would i would not put it past them like have you watched the bachelor <laughs> i have the bachelor's different survivor's already it hard enough <laughs> <laughs> without the producers trying to make it worse for you mm. or are they or are they i do who's to say I did apply for Survivor. I have not heard back yet, but it would be the eating one is one that I worry about. So like they have these these challenges usually kind of three quarter of the way through where you have to eat. And I know you know this. I'm explaining it to everybody else like eyeballs or like cow brain or yeah. uh, like really big crawly Live bugs like, or maggots. slimy things from the ocean. Yeah. yeah, all sorts of just like <laughs> and it is one of those where I'm like, man, I think I think really my strategy in that particular instance would be I need the protein so bad and this is free protein that's being put in front of me. It's a great way to think about it. And it's just sort of like, that's all it is. If I don't win, no problem. But at the very least, I'm going to get like a little extra, little energy bump from it. A little it. energy bump. Yeah. Do you think you could handle the eating? I don't. Yes, I do. Yeah, you have no problem I whatsoever. I have to tell myself that. <laughs> I think that'd be my only way to walk up. I'd be like, it doesn't matter what comes under here. I'm picking it up and swallowing it in under five seconds and that's how I'm doing it. And that's how I'm doing it. Like the word, the, the real challenge of the eating stuff isn't the taste or anything it's the it's the mental game it so. is a mental game yeah but i mean because like uh, the the reality of it is they are delicacies to someone to someone yeah so um, not that i'm sure some of them do taste quite horrible so i wonder though if you were to go to like indigenous <clears throat> tribes or like some somewhere that was not exposed to as many like modern foods foods as we have yeah and there was a way to like communicate the same style of game and like uncover like a reese's cup mm-hmm or something and be like in the united states this is considered one of the best candies of all time uh-huh it's like are you willing to try it like I, yeah is, is there a certain amount of like the uh the like feeder behind it that like adds to your element or is i think is cow brain pretty disgusting no matter what i think well i don't know i think like a reese's cup might not be the way to go but maybe if you did like like a glop of peanut butter that just like looked like a brown pile of sludge. And it was, yeah, you know? that's true. Cause and then we also like stick to the roof of your mouth. Right. It's kind of hard to swallow. Yeah. Or if even if you just had like, if you had never seen Coke before and someone just put down a brown liquid how in did, front of you. How did the cola companies get away with selling something that looks like dirty water? It looks like dirty water. Right. So like, yeah, imagine like that. And the other thing is, such things to, I think, people who are not exposed to the amount of sugar that Americans are, it would probably still pretty much wreck you for a day. Oh, yeah. Like pretty... if you were in your 30s and eating your first bite of Reese's Cup or having a Coke. Yeah. Yeah. Maximum amounts of you're gonna sugar. You're going to have, yeah, you're, first of all, you're going to be on a massive sugar high. And second of all, I can't imagine your insides are going to like love the influx of all the chemicals and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. No, probably not. Pretty not. We're, we're, we're pretty well adapted to those. <laughs> yes. For better or worse. <laughs> for worse. Is for the, worse. Yeah, is for clarification. <laughs> but uh, no, it's, I think about it all the time and I don't, I'm sure you'll remember this particular instance going back to the eating challenges. There was this one particular occasion where we went to do like a brand deal I think in California somewhere and we flew in and we were meeting someone there and they took us to like a nice sushi restaurant yes and we had this thing where they were sort of like um like for sushi, I really, really like sushi, but I think that I probably eat a lot of stuff that's reasonably tame. Mm -hmm. Like a lot of the things I go for is usually not like urchin so much as it is like your salmon or tuna or whitefish or like, you know, the things that are pretty like low hanging fruit in the world of sushi right, right. consumption. And so they were kind of like, well, what do you guys like? And they sort of just, I think, ordered like a smorgasbord of different things. And one of the things that came out, and this is this is what makes me so worried about a survivor eating challenge was like a prawn uh like of some kind i don't remember if it was like on like a 
pile of rice or something, but it was like ice cold. Uh-huh. And I remember I was like, oh, okay. Like, you know, I really like shrimp. So like, no problem. And so I went to eat it and the coldness was like so unexpected. It like, it wasn't frozen. It was just like as chilled as it could it's be. Like 33 degrees. Yeah. 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 So it like super caught me off guard. And I remember I'm sitting there like chewing and we're like having this conversation and I'm chewing and I'm chewing and I'm chewing. And it's like, it's like not breaking down into anything. I don't remember this. And I know I ate the prawn. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So I'm like, I sat there and I'm like, and, and we have like, you know, it's a nice restaurant. So there's like cloth napkins, not like paper towels or, you know, uh-huh. like, like paper napkins that you could like, you know, like just like discreetly sort of like, you know, spit it out or something like tuck it to the side, put it under your plate or something. Um, and so I'm like, man, I don't know what I'm going to do. I've been chewing on this for like four minutes. Oh my gosh. Like it's, it's like, you know, and I'm like putting like my hand over like my mouth and stuff. And I'm like trying to like, <clears throat> like determine my jaw to just like keep chomping and like nothing is happening. And I'm like, if I try to swallow it, it's way too big of a mouthful and I'm going to choke. And if I like choke and I have a problem that I'm in the middle of this restaurant that's super nice and I don't know so I was having this like internal panic attack about the prawn things like this I feel like always happen to me when I go places yeah you must have like some like beneath the surface travel anxiety or something that manifests it in physical injuries for you yeah I think it must I think it must like because I'm not I, I would have absolutely zero awareness like if somebody was like hey you're traveling to wherever like I don't think twice about it it's like it's like yay that's so cool I can't wait to go but it does seem like whenever you and I travel I always have something go wrong it's very frustrating i know no, i know yeah. i feel like it's like ruined a bunch of like Let's really see. cool things yeah when we went there was a time we went to new york and we went to go see the broadway show aladdin yep and your I remember we had like not great seats because we bought them like that day. And but yeah, yeah, yeah. It was like, hey, let's go see a sh- let's go let's see go a show. Try yeah. and catch a show. Yep. And the the seats were such that and this happens to me in every auditorium that my knees hit the seat in front. Yep. And it's uh, I just especially in Broadway theaters because they're built forever ago and don't keep tall people in mind. Yeah. But you for whatever reason like your leg was like seizing up. Yeah. So like I'm sitting there and you know it's this thing like we're like literally directly to either side of you is just. like the person like at at like elbows width and then directly in front of my knees like no more than like like a half inch to an inch Mm. is the chair in front of me so like you can't stretch your leg out at all and i think it was like sort of the beginning of like me starting to get into like some power lifting stuff and i had like squatted a couple days before so like my legs were just super sore Mm -hmm. but my knee was like in chronic pain and i like i want it felt like a bizarre form of like torture because it was like for one it was also kind of hot or maybe it was just me. Yeah. <laughs> like, sweating. Oh my God. Oh my God, I'm sweating. It's like, I'm really hot. And like, there's so many people around me. We're in the middle of this amazing show. And it's like, I can't ask people to get up. And it's like, I'm like trying to like stretch my knee and my foot just keep going like the three inches it can go like forward to like give me as much extension as possible. And so every single time like the curtain dropped, the moment that it dropped, I would like stand my knees up straight. Yeah. So I could like stretch it out straight. And it was like agonizing pain. Like I was like, I'm going to like tear something in my knee right now. I'm like, this is so bad. And so I didn't enjoy the show at all because I'm just like sitting there like drenched in sweat, like yeah. knee killing me in so much pain. So that was one occasion. And then it may have been the same trip, if not like a very sh- trip shortly thereafter. Also to New York City. This was the Fantastic Beast trip. Yeah, we were going for yeah. like a, a press event for Crimes of Grindelwald. Right. We were going to get to like get some background access and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And um, we're literally like getting to spend this day like where you're going and like seeing a trailer that dropped, which like revealed that like Nagini was in fact like the woman, yeah. you know, which was something we had predicted in one of our, you know, Super Carlin Brothers Super videos. And it, yeah, it was like this really cool thing. So like everybody in the audience with us is like like fellow, you know, Harry Potter internet creators and stuff. And it felt like everybody was like, you guys were right. You know, like <laughs> it did. It did seem like the people who were in the know that we had made this prediction were kind of like, oh my gosh, you guys. Yeah, it's like, well done. <laughs> Including, dare I say, I'm just going to like, you know, pat ourselves on the back. I'm pretty sure Ezra Miller was like, you guys figured it out. Like he was like staring us down. He was. Yeah. He was. Yeah. Ezra <laughs> Miller, who plays Credence, we were having like a... Everybody knows that he's like a particularly big like Harry Potter fan, like inside of that like movie genre. Yeah. And uh, so he was like hyper tuned in to all the fan theory stuff. So like he like he's making all these comments looking directly at us. And like as he leaves, he's like spouting like some of our theory ideas at us. Yes. And I'm like, like 
I can't tell if like, you know, do you know who we are? It's like, like yeah, right. You're sitting there saying, like, it's so unbelievable that you would know who we are that I don't know if you're trying to reveal that to us. And he's like a bit eccentric anyway. So you're like, or are you just being a little, I don't like, yeah. yeah. Or, or are you just like, like saying the same things or have you done like some of your own, like, you know, in-depth research about yeah. like whatever, like, which I mean, all things seem plausible, but it seemed, it seemed specifically targeted at you and I. It did. Um, and it, it, he was saying certain theories that we had just released like very recently. So yeah. it was like, okay. That was cool. Interesting. But, but so, anyway. <laughs> so anyway, we get to do like, go like do these couple things. We got to meet like the costume designer for like the movie and all that stuff. And then afterwards, we're supposed to go to this like really cool like uh, bar area. Like, speaky, like 20 speakeasy yeah, style thing. Exactly. In New York City where we were going to get to go and have like drinks and cocktails and uh, like lots of food and all sorts of stuff and then the actors were actually going to be there and it was just going to be like literally an opportunity to like mingle with them right and it was this like really cool occasion i'm so so excited and i get like a migraine yeah you were not doing good i mean i oh dude and it was it's the same thing again as 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 the aladdin thing where you're like i felt super boxed in you know like you're kind of like you start thinking about it too much and it like right. makes you sweat but you're like there's so much pressure to not be like uh physically ill or something yeah you're like no no this is so once in a lifetime i must be healthy <laughs> yeah 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 like it's like we can just go talk to these people so I, I remember finally i was just like i have to go like this is this has reached a point where like i'm like i'm, I'm, I'm gonna go down or something yeah. like something bad so sure enough i think i think ultimately i had to leave did you go with me I left with you. Oh, solidarity. Yes. Yeah. Man. Well, this is the thing is that in these situations, like this is this is where your talents shine much brighter than mine in order to like engage strangers in conversation. Oh. This is not this is not my forte at all. Like if you start the conversation, I can I can like join in. Oh yeah. I can be, I'm like, yeah. Hey, oh, okay, cool. We so, broke the ice. But like me, me standing on a frozen lake, I'm never, I don't have to worry about a cracking man because I could never reach the water. <laughs> not going to break that ice. No how. No how. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah. So um, anyway, we left. My, this is not nearly the same thing, but I felt when I look back at all the pictures from that trip, I feel like such a goober because I like, it wasn't totally explained what the parameters were going to be. And I'm like carrying around this like backpack with like a laptop in it. And it was so heavy the whole oh, day. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, I didn't need anything. Yep. Yep. At all. I was like, I wish you could have just said, someone would have said like, you don't, you don't need anything. Like, but I've been to other press events where it's like, you're going to, you're going to have like a five minute interview with these people and you're going to have about two and a half hours of sitting here doing nothing. Yeah. So maybe bring your laptop. So while the other people are going, you can be like working on whatever you need to write or posting stuff or, you know, whatever the case may be. Whatever the case may be. I think you and I historically <clears throat> have had this problem. Uh, like I remember the first couple of conferences we went to, I think it was like playlist live or something like that. Mm -hmm. And we were, we were just going like we weren't like invited yeah creators or anything so you know you're you're just out walking you know like the the main beat lines or whatever and i remember same exact thing like i got there and i'm, I'm carrying like a 20 pound backpack right when we proceed to like walk 11 miles inside of a conference center and mm -hmm. by the end of the day i thought my back was going to quite literally split <laughs> yeah. in half it's like our rooms are in the hotel right right, right. it's like should we yeah. go upstairs and set this down or yeah. should i just continue to suffer for <laughs> right <laughs> <laughs> what are you carrying it around for? I don't know. Yeah. 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 Not not our first, uh, you gotta say, it. Playlist Live Orlando. Feels like there could be more to do. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's not quite, it's not quite VidCon. Yeah. Yeah. Ooh, VidCon. Much more fun to walk around. Much more fun to walk around. Yes. Yeah. Shout out to anybody we've ever met at VidCon. Yes. <clears throat> and just the event itself. Well done. Right, right. That's, I suppose that's an interesting conversation we could bring up because I think <clears throat> that there is this, like, fear, uh, at events frequently to, like, walk up and, like, say hello if you see, like, a creator walking by or something, yeah. like, that you're going to, like, bother them. Mm -hmm. I would say, in general, at least for us that is the very reason we are there mm. and so i feel like my like my sweeping declaration would be that like if if we were at like an event like that and you see us walking by then it would be like please come talk to us like that is the right like that's the whole idea right especially if we're like on the expo floor or something yes yeah it's like we, yeah like we're not probably not so much there to check out like i mean i'm checking out the booths and stuff right but just want to be i don't know meet the peoples as it were as it were exactly as it were. yeah so that that's like one of those things if it helps put your mind to ease at all yeah i would say hello i would say you know what if this is this is advice I feel like I need to give myself. Yeah. Because like I, I always feel like okay, it's it's fine. It'd be it's 
it's different if you're someone who just watches stuff to come up to someone who makes stuff. But if you're someone who makes stuff and you go up to someone who makes stuff, like you you must be expected to have more to say than, oh my God, I love your stuff. Like, <laughs> oh, right, right, right. I mean? Yeah, I know. Yeah. No, and it's it's so true. But like the, the exact reality of that situation is that very frequently, if you see like a creator who you actually watch, you you pretty much are in the exact same camp where it's like, I love your show. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. But, uh, but I wish I could just say that. Like, it's like, Oh, that's, that is like, I'm like, that's not an acceptable way to approach this person. Right. Like, I need to, I need to have like more of a refined take on the industry or, I know, know yeah, like, like present myself like an equal professional. Like they're going to be like, okay, great. Glad you watched. You know, you're backstage, right? Okay. Like, <laughs> Uh, yeah, it's, it's okay to have a conversation. Yeah, it's so true, though. Like, you walk up and it's like, industry, am I right? Call the algorithm. <laughs> Let's talk about those. Where's my monocle? Yeah. Where's my monocle? Oh, man. Uh, yeah, no, it's, uh, it's, it's, such a, it's such an odd phenomenon. In, um, but I love it. You know, I think one of the coolest things about, like, YouTube and sort of, like, this social media, I don't know, realm that we find ourselves in is that I feel like there used to be this phrase, like, you know, like your 15 minutes or 15 seconds of fame or whatever. Mm -hmm. Like it was like everybody at some point in their life is going to have like their like their like little moment or whatever. But it seems like with the advent of the internet and the social media platforms, it's like, it, there's just, it's, it's like, I'm sure that it is still on some level, uh, you know, like some version of like select few, but it's way more than it used to be. Like people who find, you know, like their own little platform. Oh, for sure. Like it's not just like those handful of actors in Hollywood anymore. Right. Yeah. Or There's, um you you can you can have a, a a platform about almost anything and if people are into that thing, you can be found. Yes. Yes. Sector yeah. celebrities. You're no longer only available to the people physically near you geographically. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Which is cool. It is cool. Yay yeah. internet. Yay internet. Okay, Ben. Okay. We have to do some follow-up. Okay, follow-up. Okay. So last episode, we talked about credits. Like credits on the at, movies. at the end of the movies. At the end of the movies. That play for like 17 minutes. And how it, uh, a way to make it more fun might be to like just, just pick, pick a random person who did a thing. Right. And see if in every movie you can be like, oh, hey, look. They, they were the lighting guy in this movie, too. Way to go. Like, you I thought, start identifying. I, I thought the lighting was particularly good. Yeah. That seemed like a like a Smothers lighting technique. Smothers? Is that your... Is that your... I have no idea. I was like reaching for a name, but that's what I went for. It's a Smothers. Is Smothers first name or last name? Last name. Yeah. Last name. It sounds like it would be really dark lighting. Like, you're just smothered. Oh, no. I, I like Reginald Smothers. Reginald Smothers lighting technician. Lighting Hollywood. Tech. <laughs> It's on my business card. Where's my monocle? Um, but but it turns out it, in in the Reddit on the popcorn culture Reddit. Yes, it was recommended to us. It was the the perfect person to always be looking for, and his name is Carlos Benavides. Do you know what Carlos Benavides is best known for in the credits? I have to tell you that I I don't know if I have his trading card. I haven't read it. Well, Ben, this is this is my new this is my new fantasy credits role. This is where I'm getting fantasy bingo or whatever. Yeah, if you're, this if is, you're drafting. This is your guy for your fantasy credits league. First whatever. round draft pick. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Of course. This guy wow. has the best the best job. He is the caffeinator. The caffeinator? The caffeinator. That is, is such a cool name. He is listed in Hold like, up, wait. Is a caffeinator is this like a weird term for something that it's not what it sounds like? It's like a caffeinator, it's kind of like they they, they like cuz like gaffing is a thing. Yeah. So is, is a caffeinator not supplier of caffeine? No, that's exactly what it is. It is. It is. Outstanding. He's the coffee runner. The coffee runner. <laughs> I think he also is an electrician. I was sent like an article about it, but he specifically works on Disney movies. He has been in Meet the Robinsons, Tangled, Winnie the Pooh, Wreck-It Ralph, Big Hero 6, and he is listed as the caffeinator. The guy who goes and gets the coffee. The an essential task. And it's truly though. Truly goodness me oh, well shout out to carlos man what a fan yeah no this is this is Dude. such a good one to like start looking for every disney movie i go to i'm gonna be like we gotta look for carlos we gotta look for i know we gotta look for gotta look for the, the caffeinator the man himself could there be a better way to be listed that isn't like i mean 
obviously like you know cast would be pretty cool cast or, or like di- director. director or something like that but be beneath cast or director could there be a more vital role to the movie no i don't think so certainly not it makes yes yeah i know there you go there you go no i, I would as, i would aspire to be the caffeinator so we do have no maybe we don't when do we get our next just disney movie is it raya and the last dragon uh, that is the next disney animation movie is Raya and the last dragon when does that come out i think it's november november of this year november of this year so we could potentially look for carlos yes this year this year i there love you it go. get ready people this is exciting no this is super exciting news because when we started popcorn culture i think in like one of the very first episodes i like was saying the date and i was like but i don't know i mean maybe you're in the future and it's like june 7th or something like that it's like hello to you if you're listening for the first time on june 7th turns out a ton of people started listening on june 7th that's amazing i got loads of emails about it well this past friday was our highest download day ever what yeah that is outstanding news well guys exciting well thank you everybody so much for tuning in uh hold on though i want to see when does raya and the last dragon come out uh because i'm gonna this is gonna be my new june 7th okay it's gonna be like okay so people released it march 12th 2021 and moved back moved it back okay march 12th march 12th so okay if this is march 12th 2021 you will know from the future whether or not carlos has been listed as As the the caffeinator. caffeinator oh man what a, what a thing. Dude, apparently, like, Disney is, like, all about it, too. Like, they've posted pictures of him on, like, their Instagram. No, they to, have like, not. make sure he's given his due credit. Okay, so this is, like, turning into an Easter egg. Oh, yeah. I want to contribute to that in the most substantial way possible. Well, this like, is a good start. I think this is the perfect start. Yeah. Think, yeah, with, let's draw as much attention to this as we possibly can. Let's. I wonder if Carlos has, like, a, like a Twitter or something or an Instagram. <sighs> We'll have to look. Yeah, we'll, we'll have, have to, to look. We'll have to check that out. Maybe, this... I'm sure if he does, many of the little colonels will let him know that he has the support of Pop Nation. What Pop... are we? <laughs> uh, welcome to Pop welcome Nation. To, welcome to Pop Nation. I That's like a... it. Yeah, okay. Well, 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 Carlos, you have the support of Pop Nation as our favorite caffeinator in Hollywood. There you go. I wonder, because it would be really cool, if we could track this guy down, we we have a coffee company. Like, we, yeah. like we own Carlin Brothers Coffee. Dude, what if we could get Carlos to serve Carlin Brothers Coffee on Disney animation movies, man? That's where I'm going Oh, my it. gosh! This is our end. This is it. This is our end. This is it. Carlos. What's up, man? Carlos. Yeah. Would you like some free bags of coffee? Yeah, but let, let us know. You let just us let us know. know. We'll get you some coffee. So, guys, we need to somehow connect our dots from us to Chief Caffeinator. Yes. Because that would be the other thing, is if we could get his name somehow, like, just from Caffeinator to Chief, Chief Caffeinator. Chief Caffeinator. It was like, 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 eventually, like, that's, like, part of the gag, is, like, his name keeps, like, going up. And, oh, my gosh. Like, incremental growth. So, what what did you say, like, best boy was, like, uh... I think it's, like, the, the like, fir- like first mate of lighting technicians. What, what it's called, but, like, best boy? Best boy. Best boy, okay. Yeah. So, yeah, we need we need to figure out, like, whatever the, the progression, because I think that, really, Hollywood needs to adopt this as like a new phenomenon like there needs to be like teams of people serving specifically carlin brothers coffee specifically (laughs) on set right and it works too because i mean carlos carlin we're pretty close anyway i mean you know there it is it's it's, there it is it's a match made in heaven and carlos will will be in touch hopefully hopefully shout out shout out okay ben i have more follow-up for you okay more follow-up okay last episode we discussed how neither of us knew how to blow our nose. Yeah, yeah. Apparently, there is a wiki how describing how to blow your nose. And it's as glorious as any other wiki how that you've ever seen. Hold I'm on. not sure how familiar you are with wiki how. I, fi- I find in general that wiki how is infuriating to me. It is such a comedy unto itself in so many ways. This how to blow your nose article that I'm looking at here, first of all, from slide to slide has a a different person. It's like step one uh, is Hold, first of all, the the level to which it is holding your hand through this is almost embarrassing. Although I suppose, in its defense, if you need to look up how to blow your nose, maybe maybe you're at that stage. But the, like picture one, picture one looks to be like a blonde woman who's holding a tissue or handkerchief over her nose, and then it promptly switches to like a brunette woman for step two. Press a finger against one of your nostrils to close it off. 
And then it goes to a dude with who knows what kind of haircut. I, this is like, this is like, I don't even know, uh, like sides trimmed, but up top, extra fluff. Who was like, hey, Arnold's best friend? Gerald. Gerald. Yeah. It would be like Gerald, but like with like the sides trimmed. Yes, that is kind of what it looks like. Also, it offers you little bits of advice for step two, press a finger against one of your nostrils to close it off. It adds as an afterthought. It's generally polite to excuse yourself from the table when you blow your nose. If you're in a public situation, consider going to the bathroom or closing your office door before blowing your nose. These are all such good tips. These are all such good tips. Things you might not have considered. It is in fact not socially acceptable to do this in public. And then I love this. After step three, it says, uh, blow the open, this is when you're holding one nostril down. Oh, I see. Blow the open nostril into the tissue or, or handkerchief. Afterthought, remember to wipe up excess mucus on the outside of your nose when you finish blowing. Oh. Like, oh my God. Like, why do you, what, what is this? Okay. Is it uh, like whoever wrote this, I have to assume thinks you've blown your nose, left an enormous amount of mucus on it and thought, I don't know what I'm supposed to do about this. I guess I'll leave it here. I guess I'll leave it here. This is abhorrent. This uh, is... I mean, like, I understand that it's absurd that we didn't know how to blow our nose, but this is such, uh, like, an over-explanation yeah. of the process. Like, I really don't even think that this many pictures was necessary. Like, I can't figure out if maybe what happened was they found, like, fair use images. Oh, of... no. I think people submit the illustrations. I think you get to, like, people draw it in. It's because it's like any other Wikipedia thing where people can submit. You can... Okay, you can submit. Okay. Yeah. So this <clears throat> is... this yeah, That is pretty fascinating, quite honestly. Know. And then it gets rather like medical here at the end yeah this is like method two in case you can't blow your nose it's like take an antihistamine use a saline solution put a hot towel on your face breathe in eucalyptus oil the eucalyptus oil literally looks like a kid who made like a tent fort and Why has is like, he under the covers? I have no idea. He's got like he's got like a blanket <laughs> tent around him, oh and gosh. sticking his head out of the blanket tent to <clears throat> breathe in his warm bowl of eucalyptus <laughs> oil. Can I, he looks like he is first of all loving it. <laughs> Right. Oh Look yeah, at yeah. That grin. He could not be happier. And oh then below God. that, there there is uh, avoid known allergens uh, such as cats uh, or what looks like maybe dandelions, uh, of which it looks like people are deciding to blow their nose directly uh, in front of or near. So it's like, why is the woman in front of the cat not using? A tissue. A tissue. She's just going, she is not following any of the rules and going straight into her hands. <laughs> straight, straight Which hands. I have to say, feels socially unacceptable. It does. It does. It does. Yeah. Oh, man. Okay. Oh well, that's, that's, that's an interesting one, but I'm glad that we were able to check that out. But speaking of, of socially unacceptable, I have to ask you whether or not you think this is socially unacceptable because it was one of the more unusual phenomenon I've observed living in my neighborhood. Okay. And I'm going to start the story off by telling you it's about the woman who collects poop. It doesn't super sound socially acceptable, but I don't, is this going to like a compost heap of, so, or I don't, that, you is know the, what? that is the question. Okay. So the other day, I think it was, it was like a Saturday morning and Allie and I, we, we have like a big like dining room table. So we tend to like sit on top of the dining room table and drink our coffee in the morning and just sort of like look out the windows into yeah. the, um, into the front yard and sort of like take it all in. And the other day we're still like having this conversation and I like get sort of like transfixed because I see this like woman standing outside of our yard and she like walks up and pulls out like like a dog bag like you would and she is walking a dog but like i like watch her walk up pull up a dog bag collect a sample from our yard from your dog from our dog i see yes and and like and like bag it and i was like that's so weird because like i just watched her like walk into my view and like her dog like was trotting behind her a little bit so like there's no way that, that she's like collecting something that that her dog left as like a a a a kind gesture of, you know, basic dog owning, you know, habits. Like uh -huh. if, you, if you're out walking your dog, you pick up after them. It's a pretty, you know, generally agreed upon socially acceptable, you know, thing. Yeah. Socially expected. Yes. I, I would even go so far as to say. Indeed. So I'm standing there and Ali's having this like super intense conversation with me about something, you know, about what we were doing that day or whatever. So she's like, <laughs> whatever, not important. Someone's picking up. <laughs> completely unimportant. So I'm like watching this person and she's like, I think she's like, she could not possibly imagine what I'm looking at out the window that has caused me to be so transfixed. And I'm like, Ali, I think there's somebody in our yard that is like picking up because we have, we have like a corner lot. Right. And so like we let our dogs out and usually like we don't have like a backyard that they go in. So the, all of the yard is exposed to sidewalk 
basically. Okay, yeah. Which means that, like anybody walking by might find one because we don't always go out. Like I have like a pooper scooper, right? And I'll do that like before I mow the lawn. Uh, but usually in the meantime, I don't like. Don't want to be spraying that around. Was that? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. With, with the lawnmower, with the lawnmower. No, definitely not. Yeah, spin art. <laughs> <laughs> have you seen where like Roombas go over? I have seen oh. that before. Terrible. I'd be like, I'm moving. Um, this yeah, is no, it. I'm not cleaning that. Yeah. So anyway, it's like one of those things where like the, like my yard has landmines in it, you know, occasionally because we let our dogs out and stuff. And so I'm like standing there, and Allie keeps talking to me, keeps talking to me, and I like slowly have like literally set my cup down, stay like stood up, and I'm just like staring out the window, and I'm like, Allie someone is collecting poop from our yard and sure enough she like whips out this bag and she's like you know picking up like bag after bag of like poop from our yard putting it into like a bigger bag that she has and i'm like what is going on here like what is this activity that this woman is doing and i couldn't tell if it was like a like maybe someone who was just like people are not picking up and I, so i'm gonna have to do it you know like i'm i'm all these other people who let these people right you know who didn't pick up after their dogs like because she wasn't actually walking very far into our yard but she probably picked up like four you know so she's like out near there, the near the fringe near the fringe so she was out there for like a beat you know and finally she like looks up and like i'm standing at the far end of my house looking all the way through like my front uh uh storm door which is glass and i'm like watching her then from across the yard so we're, we're pretty well distanced from each other but like she looked up and i'm just standing there holding my coffee mug like staring at her right <laughs> and then she promptly walks away so i have no idea if she like saw me i think she probably did like watching her do this right but i need someone to explain to me what is happening here because on the one hand it could be like maybe she's just like big into gardening and she's like hey this is like a really easy way to just like get some compost and it's like okay i guess that is okay but i could not tell is this a socially acceptable thing is it weird like should i be offended that like someone was cleaning my yard in a way that like like obviously i would pick up after my dogs anywhere else but if it's like my own yard it's like it's fine like right you know but any, any consequences that come from that are are only going to affect me man my 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 guess is that it is someone who like takes offense to other people's dogs pooping on her own lawn yeah maybe. and she's like you know what? I hate it so much. I need to I need to be the change. If I see it in other people's yards, if people are not picking up their dogs stuff, I'm just going to I'm going to do it. I'm not going to I'm going to be nice to my neighbors and I'm not going to, you know, it's it's unfair for them to have to walk out and deal with another dog's poop on their lawn. It's just it's mind-blowing to me because it seems like <clears throat> she definitely had a bag on the ready that looked reasonably full oh, and like okay. the thing that i don't understand is that like i, I walk my dogs twice a day and like it, this is not a regular thing that i encounter like occasionally you'll see someone especially if there's like a yard that's like not well kept like where somebody just like left it okay. and you're kind of like oh, okay like you know maybe just they felt like who's gonna see it like the grass is like knee high or something but other than that like this this is not something i observe so one of two things is happening either this woman's just super on top of it and she beats me there all the time <laughs> just cleaning up after the whole neighborhood uh or she is specifically going out with some amount of strategy and doing this like on yeah. purpose well even then i'm impressed that she's finding it like maybe it's like a scavenger hunt for her although that that's the other thing too is that like my least favorite part about walking the dogs is if they go to the bathroom promptly upon leaving our house in which case i have to carry the bag around with me the entire rest of the walk oh are you are you not like a person who will like like drop it and pick it up on the way back well i don't usually <laughs> circle i do a loop Oh, so I, I don't see. come back the same way. I gotcha. Yeah. So no, I, you carry it with you the whole time. Mm. Uh, I will say if it's trash day, I will drop it in someone's bin, which I don't, that probably is not well received, but people do it to mine all the time. So um, I, I'm, I'm going to. I agree that I, I, I'll give you a pass on that because to me, if it's already sitting out by the street and it's trash day. Right. You know. Right. It's going to go away pretty it's quick. It's not. I mean, maybe if you're, if it's in a bag anyway. <laughs> Man, did I just step into like a really bad. Did you just step in it? Yeah. <laughs> I feel like I just stepped in it, man. Um, no, I have. I don't know. I feel like maybe someone needs to educate me on the on the etiquette here because uh, I certainly don't want to be doing a rude. But I also am very curious about what people think about someone collecting it from your yard because it. What to what end are they doing? I, this? I was so desperate to to walk outside and just ask her. Just be like I don't mind at all, but what's up? <laughs> like like I have no idea how to even, even start that conversation. How do you say why are you picking up poop from my yard? I think that's the only way to start it, Ben. 
and I hope you have a follow up for us at some point. I mean, it seems to me like even if you, I don't know enough about like composting or anything, like even if you were like free fertilizer, free compost or something, would you be able to successfully trust all poop? Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> no, I do know what you mean. Like, yeah. Is, or, or would you would you risk like introducing something into your <laughs> fertilizer? Some, some, some kind of parasite otherwise? Right, yeah, I don't. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know how that works. I do feel like most of the time, like compost heaps are made up of like a variety of different like things that you put into them. Like I do think I roughly understand the idea behind how a compost heap works. It's like a combination of like dry material and quote unquote like wet material. So mm -hmm. like if you have like a pumpkin that is like decaying from Halloween or something like that would be like wet material that then merges with the dry material to like create the new soil fertilizer dirt right. stuff earth. But that I don't know. Yeah, I don't even know to what extent people are regularly using actual like, you know, manure in the suburban sense. <laughs> Well, I'm curious to see what we hear back for on this one. Yes, me too. So if there's any like gardeners out there or just uh, people who are super particular on this type of thing, or are you the type of person that if you were just walking your dog and you happen to spot that someone didn't pick up after themselves, would you pick up after them? Or are you just good? Is it just good Samaritan? Good Samaritan. Yeah. Right. Which, is, which I think would be a perfectly acceptable answer. Yeah. It just, I mean, I feel bad for this woman because, you know, she found my yard, which is just like, right. Uh oh. Yeah. No good. So anyway, or maybe gold mine, gold, or maybe gold mine, depending on yeah which way you see it. Landmines yeah. or gold mines. Woo. Uh, so if you guys have any feedback on that, be sure to send it to uh, popcornculturepod at gmail.com. Well, guys, I think that's all we have for this week's episode of The Pop. Uh, we do want to give a special shout out to a few uh, people who support us over on Patreon. This week, we're going to send the shout out to Reagan Laurel, Matt Barger, uh, Liz Bramley, Laura Shinsato, Beverly Chemai. Kamai, hopefully, Victoria Fernakova and Michael Lansky. Thank you guys all for your support over on Patreon. If you guys would like to support us on Patreon, you can do so by going to patreon.com slash popcorn culture. We have three tiers. They are all the same price. Basically, it's just like casting a vote for who you'd like to see be the host each week. Yes, you can either be Buzzy B, that's Ben, Jazzy J, that's me, the specialist of guests, the most special, uh, unless you guys, you know, uh, eventually I took the scales and take that away from me and make me the host, I guess. Don't do that. Um... <laughs> Don't do that. Don't do that. Don't do what? I, you're using reverse psychology. I have no idea what you're you talking are, about. You are doing it. Or <laughs> you can choose option no host, in which case we'd have to open the episode with just 15 seconds of pure unhosted silence, and no one wants that. No one wants that. But maybe you do, and this is how you cast your vote. You know, we don't want to silence your voice, uh, but if you, if you want to say in the matter, you can just visit our Patreon page. Yeah, there Jazzy you go. J. Also, we do have uh, an additional thing that comes with each of those tiers where each week after the episode, we record an additional 10, 15 minutes uh, that we like to call after the final pop, which is just bonus content for you guys. Yeah. Otherwise, guys, until next time. Pop, pop. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member? For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details.